0: which was Jamabo and he just dumps it off for a first down. Rose and fakes the spike. In the-
1: Welcome to another off-season edition of the Smith Brothers Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Corey Smith, joined today by a good friend and sports writer, Matt Burns, to do a draft reaction podcast. What's going on, Matt?
0: Not, Not much, man. I really uh, really enjoyed the draft and I'm excited to talk to you about it. I haven't really talked to anybody about it. I'm ready to
1: get to it. Yeah, man. It was a crazy draft starting off Browns, pulled the classic Browns. I mean, I thought it was a lock it would be Sam Darnold or... Kind of like Josh Allen had a lot of uh, momentum leading up to Thursday night, but they pulled the
0: trigger on Baker Mayfield. Oh, old oh, Baker! It was—I I was surprised that they did it, but also I'm not one of the people that think it's just extremely dumb either. I, there wasn't a clear number one QB in this draft, so I don't—it wasn't out of the question to draft Baker. If that's the quarterback that the Browns liked, and they clearly do, If they drafted number one overall, then. They, they're probably very happy about it. For the Browns and Baker Mayfield, I hope he is not starting very much this season. If he can sit behind Tyrod, who would be a great person and pro to hang behind, I think he can grow and mature much better than he would being thrown to the wolves like uh, Deshaun Tizer was last season. But I don't, I don't see him being very viable in terms of fantasy, really, do you? I don't either, man. I mean, I, I think Tyrod's going to start at least for
1: the first half of the season unless something crazy happens. But see what happens in camp. But no,
0: I don't think I would take him.
1: I think he'll finish outside of the top sixteen or twenty. I don't think he's really a viable fantasy starter.
0: I think he can. I think he can be a good QB down down the road. To be honest, I like I like Baker Mayfield. I, he was extremely accurate. A lot of people comparing to Johnny Manziel, what we talked about on the last podcast. But like I said, I don't think that's very accurate. Russell Wilson or Drew Brees would be the more accurate comparisons. And but I don't think he's not at that level obviously yet. But I think if for Baker Mayfield's sake, if he, he, he'd he be much better served if he uh, took the Drew Brees approach and stay, try to stay in the pocket and just throw the ball, because he's a very accurate thrower, as he proved in Oklahoma. Uh, rather than pulling, he, he can't pull off the kind of athletic plays that Russell Wilson's able to do, you know what I mean? So I think he'd be much Definitely better served yeah, if, if he took the Drew Brees uh, route, rather than trying to stay in the pocket on Baker
1: Mayfield. Hell yeah, man. He was was the most accurate passer coming out by far, the most prolific college passer. For sure. We mentioned that pro football focused that last time. He was the most precise thrower in the draft on passes with less than one yard of separation. I think think size is a bit of a factor, but I agree that down the road, he has the intangibles to be a successful NFL QB. I just don't love the landing spot.
0: Right. I don't love it. Yeah, but I think on the, the Browns, I'd rather take Mayfield than Allen. The Allen thing would have scared me. A little Absolutely, Allen. dude, I'm on board with um, that. Not, I mean, I don't dislike the guy. You know, I don't know if you saw the stuff about his tweets or not. I don't think that's really a huge factor in any way, shape, or form. But just to say, from what we, from what I saw from their collegiate careers, it's not even. I don't. It, you can't even compare the two. I mean. That's why I don't, that's why I was thinking while I was watching the draft that like if you had, if you had never watched the NFL or, or college. You knew nothing about this and you just watching the draft for the first time. And I'm telling you that you know nothing about Baker Mayfield. And I tell you that he's gone to the college football playoff, He's the most accurate quarterback who won the five, and He got all the awards that the top quarterback would receive, but none of the experts thought he should be the number one pick. And some, <laughs> many of them rated him below a guy that went like 16-9 at Wyoming and never had a 60% accuracy rate from high school on, you'd be like, you'd be just perplexed to be honest. So it, it's just very strange um, how all this works. It is, man. You know,
1: I guess they think the skill set, those who would put Josh Allen ahead of Baker, they just think his skill set is going to translate better. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen, we've seen guys come out of small schools and have success like like Wentz, but Wentz had a more more efficient completion percentage coming out for North Dakota State. I guess they think his skill set is going to translate better. But I I would take Baker Mayfield for most situations. I mean, I think Buffalo is a good landing spot for Allen. Though it, it makes a lot of sense. He's a big body quarterback, got big hands. Not the best situation in terms of who he's going to be learning behind in AJ McCarron. But AJ could probably he could get him through a season. I don't have really high expectations for the Bills this year.
0: Yeah, the Bills are strange. Since. compare what the Saints did to what the Bills did. They both traded up to get players that they wanted to get, yet the Bills and the Bills, the like, yeah, yeah, the Bills gave up, both teams gave up a lot to do what they did, but the Saints are a team that could easily contend for a Super Bowl next year, so they kind of have the means to be able to do something like that. The Bills are probably just going to be bad again. I mean, let's let's be honest, They, they don't, they didn't have the tools to begin with, and I don't think they got anybody that's going to turn it around next season. So I really – they went up and drafted the quarterback. out of, I think out of all the quarterbacks, should have the most time on the bench waiting. Um, but he's but he's the guy that, out of all the teams that took quarterbacks early, is probably going to see the field quickest. I mean, that arm you cannot ignore. Uh, but through high school, college, and now he's going to be the NFL, he just has not been accurate. He showed no signs that he's going to improve upon that. So that's where I'd be worried about the Bills.
1: Yeah, and I like, I like the, the trade up to get Tremaine Edmonds as well out of Virginia Tech. And they also got a offensive guard, Wyatt Teller, who was one guy who Pro Football Focus put as a late round gem. They got him in the late fifth round. Uh, they lost Cordy Glenn to the Bengals this offseason, so they had to re-fortify yeah. that offensive line, but at this point, I like what they did. That is a good spot for Josh Allen to land, but I don't think he should play really at all this year. Ideally, he'd he'd ride the bench and, and learn behind McCarron.
0: The Bills and the Browns. I think it's just how do you feel about either of those drafts. It just depends on how you feel on Baker Mayfield compared to Josh Allen. If you're if you're a Josh Allen apologist, you're going to love what the Bills did. You think they got a great player, but if you're rolling with Baker Mayfield, you, you obviously don't think it's absurd to draft him one overall. So, I think that's just. How those are going to shake out, and time will tell. What was the best decision in that regard? What did you think about uh, the Browns with the fourth pick? I think I was watching. I was, I was a surprised to go Denzel. It wasn't surprised. It was a surprise. If it was me. They needed that, um, and it would definitely help a lot. But, man, you got Chubb sitting there. I think everybody expected them just to pick, pick up Chubb, the best player in the draft. They took two risky picks. The second one was more surprising to me than the first, the Denzel
1: Ward pick. Yeah. Not that he's not yeah. a good player. He's probably going to go top ten. Oh, for sure. But nevertheless, I was surprised that, that they passed on Chubb. But,
0: but looking at looking at the board, they got Baker Mayfield, a guy that they must love. So they're happy with that pick. He's going to be the future QB. Denzel Ward, good corner. Not the guy I would have picked there, but good, really good player. Then Austin Corbett, that guard, and then Nick Chubb. Who is really, really been running back in Georgia, but kind of confused me why they would pick Chubb and just sign Carlos Hyde. They have plenty of – they really do Chubb. have depth at that. Yeah, yeah so – and he's good. He's not going to hurt at all. But he's kind of question maybe they should have some depth in another position there, maybe secondary or something instead of – since they lost McCordy to the Patriots, he was their best player in the secondary. thought maybe they'd maybe grab a safety or somebody there to add some depth. But – Nick Chubb, I think he'll be a good player. Okay. They're not going to have Carlos. Carlos has for many years, maybe one or two. So I guess they're thinking long term with Nick Chubb.
1: Yeah, I don't think, I don't think Hyde's the long term answer there, but he is, he is a really good running back. So he is Browns. They passed on Chubb. They passed on Barkley at one overall. Barkley falls to the
0: Giants at two. I don't know. I got a Snapchat from my boy Kramer. He was very excited about the Saquon Barkley pick. Um, and I would be, too. I, I think he was a smart pick. I know a lot of I – I was watching all ESPN and a lot of the analysts were like, well, I guess the Giants are rolling with their QB of the future with Eli Manning. And I, that kind of confuses me because I don't think anybody expects Eli Manning to be there for a long period of time. And I think that if you're the Giants, you could pick basically the QBs in this draft. I thought it was a 50-50 chance on who's going to be really good. It's just a crapshoot, basically. You have no idea who's going to pan out. You can have your best guess, but you're for sure. And it seems like Barkley is a generational talent that you just can't pass on. So I think, I think it's a really good pick for the Giants who now have a viable running back option for the first time in a while and a guy who's just electric and extremely fast and, can, and is great perceiving as well. So I think they've really got a great um, weapon there in Barkley to add to the weapons they already had on the offensive side of the ball.
1: And his his fantasy impact will be immediate. There were four rookie running backs who finished among the top ten last year in PPR. Hunt, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, and Christian McCaffrey all were top ten. And you look back at the history of the draft the last three years, there have been backs who've gone in the first half of the first round who, who all finished within the top eight. We got Leonard Fournette last year finished eighth. Ezekiel Elliott in 2016, he finished second in fantasy scoring. Todd Gurley finished third when he came out of Georgia in 2015. I've got Barkley around eighth right now in my PPR rankings. They also added Will Hernandez from UTEP, an offensive guard, which was a huge position of need. They've lost yeah. their starting center. They lost starting guard, Justin Pugh, to Arizona over the off season. I mean, where do you see Barkley falling? Is he, I mean, I feel like he's a bona fide top ten pick. That's maybe not a top ten pick, but a top ten running back at the, at right, the yes. least.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Barring injury, I think he'll be an RB one, uh, no questions asked. Just like the skill set that he has. And yeah. I think if he returns punts or something like that as well, then that's even more points, depending on what kind of league you're in. So I think uh, Barkley uh, will be right up there. I mean, he's he's a guy like Calvin Kamara, like last year, who wrecked up points receiving out of the backfield. So I think he'll be fantastic. And what you mentioned about Hernandez, a great pick—a guy who could have gone in the first round easily. He rose up draft board and I think now him and Nate Soldier on the offensive line, they—they're going to have some big men to protect Barkley and Eli in the pocket. So I think they did a really good job with those first two picks. I think so too. I mean, they definitely
1: went with the win now approach, taking taking Barkley number two overall. But mm-hmm. that's what John fans wanted, and I—I I believe they can immediately turn it around. They were missing the best player in Beckham last year. Brandon Marshall was out for the majority of the season. They were a two-win yeah. team,
0: so... Yeah, it was... Yeah, the Giants went from a team that were talked about winning a Super Bowl, and they went from that to just a nightmarish season. I don't think anybody expected them to be this bad. I don't, I don't think they actually, talent-wise, on the on the roster, I don't think they were that bad either. They just... McAdoo was not a good fit. He decide whether he liked Eli or not. I don't think that helped the locker room very much. So I think there's a lot of stuff going on in the Giants uh, or Giants organization last season, and I think Park the kind of guy that will get everybody excited uh, to root for the Giants again, basically, and I think he's, he's going to sell a ton of jerseys, too. So I think uh, it's just perfect, perfect pick for the Giants. Yeah, if you don't believe in one of those QBs, don't take them that early. Maybe maybe they didn't have a guy. They, they must have not loved. They loved Sam Darnold. They would have taken Sam Darnold if they could have. Um, yeah,
1: man. I thought they were. I thought they were.
0: If they're going to take somebody, it would be Darnold. Yeah. So they must. I mean, Eli Manning is still. He's a starting quarterback. He should be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's good enough still. It says I think it, they still have that asset, and then they can draft a guy later. Lawlita at Richmond.
1: I like that pick a lot, man. That was a great pick. He lit up... Yeah, McShay loved
0: it. McShay... That was one of the guys McShay was raving about during the draft. I think... And they still got Davis Webb there. I believe
1: third-round pick out of Cal last year, and he hasn't seen the field yet. So, two developmental backups that took the Mm win-now approach. Speaking of later-round quarterbacks and playing for the future, what do you think about Steelers going Mason Rudolph in the third round? I thought that was an interesting pick. I mean, I know Big Ben one or two maybe three years left but I was surprised
0: by that yeah wasn't I wasn't totally surprised that they took a QB to be honest just because he has been big uh, big Ben has had the health issues in the past and he's like 36 years old so he's, he's like you said he's, he only has a couple of years left so I think it, I think it was just uh planning ahead basically I didn't love the Steelers' draft as a whole I thought uh throughout was kind of a reach in the first round mm. call it probably second round pick. As far as where yeah, I hadn't really seen him
1: mock in the, the first round really
0: anywhere. No, I so maybe, maybe they saw something in him that they really liked and thought he could fit in well, but thought that was kind of a reach. Uh, then they go out and get—I guess it was kind of puzzling why they got a wide receiver maybe uh, with their second pick. But now after martinez Bryant got shipped off to the uh, mm. Raiders, we know why they went wide receiver there in James
1: Washington. What do you think about Bryant's fantasy value out there? I mean, they have a
0: pretty good receiving corner. They had Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, now Martinez Bryant. They got plenty of weapons for Carr now. Uh, but Bryant, you know, it's, it's so hard to tell because on paper, he should, should be a machine in fantasy. But I think we all know that there are some other issues at play there with Bryant that we can factor him at this point because he, we just don't know what he's going to do. He, he has potential to be a really good fantasy wide receiver, maybe a wide receiver two or three in most leagues. I mean,
1: I would, I would try to stay away. I, I do totally, his athletic upside is unreal. He's definitely a deep threat. He's had some big games in his career, but it's just too much of a risk. He was the guy I was really high on coming into last year. I don't know, there's a lot of mouths to feed. John Gruden notoriously is, he's had one, one receiver with just colossal production every year, but that's it. It's rare that he has more than one receiver who's really viable in fantasy. Obviously he hasn't coached in a long time, but
0: yeah, i am wary Bryant. of Mark Davis Bryant. I don't really trust him. No, me neither. I would say um, if you can grab him in the last few rounds of your fantasy draft, as like a flyer, then I think that has huge upside. I think it would be a great pick, but I'm, I'm not... It's also fine to not touch him at all because it could... I would give it a few weeks, to be honest, until I really start thinking about adding him to my roster.
1: I was kind of perplexed by the Raiders' first-round pick uh, going Colton Miller, Thing. They were talking him up. I feel like they talk everybody up. Mel Kiper and Lewis Riddick. Yeah. I feel like no matter no matter who they pick, they look on the bright side 99 percent of the time. They they obviously saw something in him that was a bit of a, a perplexing pick. Still the need their left tackle. Donald Penn coming off foot surgery. He's he's an older player, but I do love the Raiders pick in round three, taking Maurice Hurst out of Michigan. I think he was the third overall prospect for Pro Football Focus, despite. Despite the injury concerns, I mean it's it's a risk. He had that that evaluation at the combine where he had to he had to go home because they were concerned about some heart complications. So that's a, mm-hmm. I mean that's a big scare. But he was cleared by doctors. He's an absolute beast on the interior. I thought it I thought it was worth a third round pick to go with Maurice Hurst there. I like that pick, but I wasn't crazy about going Colton Miller, offensive tackle in the first round.
0: Yeah, the Hurst pick, there's zero risk with that pick in the fifth round, late round. You can just take a chance on a guy who has enormous upside and could really add something to your defense. So I think it was, a, that was a fantastic pick by the Raiders. Again, like you said, first, first round pick in Fort Miller does love it, especially because a guy like Derwin James has continued to fall. Like he fell straight into the Raiders left, along with other teams and they passed on him until the Chargers. So if you were the Raiders, you could have gotten it. Just the guy that Lewis Riddick, he was on the Washington staff in the drafted Sean Taylor said, this guy looks a lot like Sean Taylor coming out of college. And how he continued to fall in that draft baffled me. I, I did not understand it at all. But I, a lot, the Raiders were the only team that whipped on him, I think. So what do you think
1: about, we were talking about this Thursday night, Sterling James is the guy you won for the Redskins. They went with defensive tackle drawn payne, they go Crimson Tide. Second consecutive year they go Alabama D lineman. Would you I mean they had the worst rush defense in the NFL. Clearly a position in need, but back back end of their defense isn't spectacular. They have a couple of nice players and like DJ Swearinger. Uh they lost Sua Cravens over the offseason. Would you prefer I Derwin guess. James with that uh thirteenth overall pick? I like
0: Derwin James a lot, so I preferred him. Mm-hmm. But that's kind of like a, I don't know if that's a selfish pick or not, because they they were both needs. I mean, the, the, the skins needed help with the defensive line, and I think De'Ron Payne helped up a lot. On all, almost every mock draft I saw, they were, had them taking Baya at number 13, and then the Bucks kind of slid in there and stole him from under their feet. I think De'Ron, maybe De'Ron Payne was the guy that the skins had on them. On their big board is number one. Their number one target the entire time. I don't know. Um, I think it will help a lot. And he
1: was a monster. He he
0: took yeah. over the college football playoff. He was the he was the
1: MVP of the Final Four. He's just a absolute monster. So I can't
0: can't take yeah. anything it, away from like, bad. That. it's not like it's not like they pass on Deron James and then picked some rando guy that no one expected them to take. They took the position that everyone thought they should take and the one they needed to take. And Deron Payne was the mm-hmm. highest rated. Defensive tackle on the board at 13, and so they took him. And I think it's a really good pick. Exciting and sexy pick would have been James. But I can't really bash him for it. But the Chargers, though, man, they got a, they got a hell of a guy. And that crazy value at number 17, I don't think they ever would have dreamt that Derwin James would have fallen all the way to 17. And they got a vicious secondary
1: now with Casey Hayward. Jaleel Adai, an underrated safety out of Central Michigan, uh, played to a Pro Bowl level last year. And now they add Jerel James to the mix. The, the Chargers' defense is definitely underrated. Uh, that's a it's going to be topic it's going to be
0: nasty. It, it's going to be nasty, yeah, easily. And they added a linebacker out of USC with their second pick in the, in the uh, second round. So they only added they're are going to be they are going to be top ten fantasy defense next year. I think it is it, is, it has been spoken. It is, it is over. It's going to be. They're going to be a top ten fantasy defense next year for sure. But Joey Bosa, Matthew I think Ingram also
1: ridiculous pass rush man. But back to the skins here for one more pick. Darius Geis, early second round. Him mm-hmm. and Chris Thompson could be a dynamic duo. I mean, I liked sure. I liked Fat Rob a lot. He was my you know number two fantasy back in twenty sixteen. Last year he just couldn't stay on the field.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's probably why they went with Geist. Who knows what. Um, Pat Robson, it'd be like there's also Samanji Piran, who had like a d- decent he game. He
1: was disappointing. He had a couple of nice games, yeah. but overall, I think he yeah, was underwhelming. Yeah. He, all he was had a good direction.
0: game or two, but he's obviously not the guy that's going to lead that backfield. But yeah, I think it'd be a great once he punch with dice and Thompson. Guys his strength is not receiving, but that's all. I mean, you know, that's Thompson's. That's his M.O., so I think I think that gives him a little bit of parity in the backfield and gives him a good option back there. I think, it, especially where he fell, it's great value to get him that twenty seventh pick in the second round. You know, I think people thought he might be a late first round, early second round guy. So they get mm-hmm. him where they got him. They can't they have to be static about that. And taking Geis and
1: Thompson on your fantasy team, if you take both of them, it's not exactly a handcuff because I mean they're gonna be in different roles. If one of them gets hurt, right. Thompson isn't gonna be the every down back. I feel like they're gonna wanna keep him on a on a pitch count this year due to him missing the last six games of twenty seventeen with
0: injury. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, maybe the biggest upside with getting Geis is that Thompson does not have to be doing everything out of the backfield. Who,
1: who would you prefer if you had to take one? Obviously, Geis is going to be more of the between-the-tackles back, Thompson more of the scat back. But if you had to take just one of the two, who would you think is going to have a more productive fantasy season?
0: Assuming Guys does get most of the touches over Piran and uh, Kelly, I'd probably still say Thompson just if I'm a- especially if I'm at the of PPR, I'm taking Thompson, no questions asked. But I think guys could probably vulture some touchdowns off of Thompson Though I think they'll both be pretty valuable in fantasy at the end of the day, but I'd go with Thompson.
1: I would too, man, especially in, especially in PPR scoring. I think that's, that's definitely a safer way to go despite the injury. Despite yeah, the injury
0: and concerns with Thompson. I'll tell you what, man. I forgot what number pick they, the Skins had. It was earlier in the second round, and Geiss was there. Skins fans all over Twitter and everywhere were just livid when they traded that pick away. I think they were they were very because they also could have gotten Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson was still on the board at that point. Geist was still on the board at that point. He fell pretty far. Jackson, yeah, yeah, they both fell much farther than people expected them to. What about uh, what about your? The Broncos, how do you feel about their draft overall? I mean, they got probably the best player in the draft, and now they have Ball Miller. It's
1: going to be nasty. I love it, man. I think Bradley Chubb fifth overall is a great pick. That defense, in fantasy at least, really fell off last year. Despite being the number one defense in terms of yards per carry and the third best overall pass defense, they finished 13th in fantasy after finishing third in 2016. Just looking at the defense alone, adding Chubb is an integral move that's just going to make them instantly better. He's a guy who's going to come in and be a star from day one, I think. But I think the reason they suck so much, well, they didn't suck, but the reason they fell out of the top ten in fantasy is just their offense was so atrocious, they left them in short fields way too frequently, and that's a big reason why they dipped in fantasy. But I like i like the Broncos to break back in the, easily into the top ten, but I think they'll be a
0: top five position
1: again in fantasy.
0: Yeah, for for sure. I mean, I, I think I think they're gonna blow teams away. That how good that pass rusher's gonna be, to be honest. And it, it seems like a lot of it seems like everybody but John Elway and the Broncos thought that the Broncos were heading into this some kind of like rebuilding period, but they they obviously beat themselves as contenders still. I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of pick you make if you think. Your contender because your defense is already good, already very very strong, like you were saying. Then you add the best defensive player in the draft to that. That's that's kind of a message saying that we are pretty comfortable where we are. We're just and we're just going to even we're going to add to our already great defense.
1: And it was a flashy one two three. They go Cortland Sutton in the second round, which I like a lot. I mean, yes. they got Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, both over thirty years old. They lose Virgil Green the Chargers this offseason, their tight end who's uh, more of a blocking tight end but still he was their, he was their top guy so I love that Cortland Sutton pick, throw him in the slot we haven't had a good slot receiver quite some time and then going Royce Freeman, the all-time leading rusher in Oregon history yeah, Third I had round, no idea
0: he was I, had, I, had, <laughs> I guess I'm an idiot I had no idea Royce Freeman was the leading rusher at Oregon that's that's insane I guess Oregon has just been down, with the program's been down for a few years they don't get as much coverage as yep. they did, but oh my god, that's hey, a fantastic pick in the third round. You I watch this film, he runs through people. Now they,
1: they don't really have a speed back. Devonta Booker isn't he definitely is a straight line runner. He's a big dude as well, so they're hoping D'Angelo Henderson, a guy that took in the sixth round, can see more of their speed back. But now they got they got two big boys in the backfield with Freeman and Booker. I'm interested to see how this turns out. I think Freeman is a sleeper for a low-end RB2 value. You know, we talked about how many rookie running backs succeeded last year and early-round running backs who can produce in fantasy in year one. He's a guy I really like, Royce Freeman, to, to actually give you RB2 value if he can
0: win that job. Oh, for, for sure. I mean, think about a few years back, the kind of fantasy production that DJ Anderson was able to produce if he, if Freeman can kind of carve out that kind of role for himself in the Denver offense, then I think he has a
1: huge upside in fantasy. Uh, my concern is we didn't address the offensive line. I mean, true. Yeah,
0: but we I got, we we got a bad. good
1: center. Matt Paradis is a good center. Uh, Garrett Bowles, we took in the first round last year. Offensive tackle out of Utah. He was up and down as a rookie, really average to below average at the guard. Position both guards, so that that's my concern. But I love it. It was a flashy one, two, three for the Broncos, and I'm I'm excited about it. I think I think they took, took the right approach. But I'm most adamant about the first their first pick with with Chubb. That was that was a home run for me
0: for sure. So uh, before we get to like a few teams that we really liked what they did in the draft, what are your thoughts on Lamar Jackson the kind of night that he had Thursday?
1: That was a perfect. That was a perfect. Culmination of the first round. For a minute there, we thought he might slip out of the the first round. We had him going to the Cardinals at 15 overall. They ended up trading up to get Rosen. He feels like he could be the guy, man. At this point, after hearing how pissed off he is, I don't yeah. know, man. I think I think he is going to be the guy out of the out of the five first round prospects who's going to end up being the most successful in the NFL. Me too, and I hope he is.
0: He's the one guy that I'm rooting for. And it's just it's crazy how his stock his stock kind of fell or he wasn't rated so highly because everybody in the NFL watched Deshaun Watson last season and how fantastic he was. Lamar Jackson's pretty similar to Deshaun Jackson. You think that he is able to go out and get a player like that. But maybe – I don't think he's ready to start. And I think the Ravens being, – being drafted by the Ravens is a very cushy role for him right now where you can hang out behind Flacco for a year and they'll see what happens. They're probably not going to sign Flacco to uh, so another big deal. He's been, he has not been good since he won, they won the Super Bowl with him. It's just, just simple. He it has not been good since that Super Bowl winning year. And Jackson would just, I think this would be the correct step for the Ravens to take in the future going with
1: Jackson. I think that's a perfect spot for him. He's got to develop for a year. I yeah. do like the landing spot.
0: they got Hayden Hurst as well. and like, He's ready to, Hurst is ready to get in there immediately. He, he's 25 already. Is great at South Carolina, and that was a need for the, um, Ravens who since Dennis did a, you know, since he had those injury concerns, they haven't really had a viable option at tight end, and I think Hurst will help them a lot, both blocking and receiving for Flacco, or whoever, or Jackson, whoever ends up being the quarterback, uh, for the majority of the season. I, I, I think it's gonna be Flacco, and I think it should be, um, but we'll see. But I did like what Jackson said, um, you, you can tell by his body language after he got picked walking up the stage that it meant a lot to him you know in a sentimental way but like it, it's going to drive him that he fell all the way to the 32nd pick in the draft and I think I was, like I said I was watching the coverage on ESPN and they asked him what's been going through your head or how does it feel to fall this far and he basically just said it's on he's ready I think he's going to be fantastic I can't wait I hope so man he might be my
1: favorite he might be my favorite QB, who I'm, who I'm pulling for the most. I love Lamar. All right, man, so a couple other interesting picks and fantasy sleepers I wanted to point out. Cardinals going Christian Kirk in the second round, a guy who, out of Texas A&M, the wide receiver, was projected to go late first round in a lot of mocks. Cardinals don't have a ton of weapons outside of Larry Fitzgerald. I'm, obviously, David Johnson coming back, we'll have to see how he plays after injury, but who, who's going to start day one for the Cardinals? Is Rosen going to win that job out of camp, or is it going to be Bradford
0: for the first few weeks? Oh, I, th- I think the roll with Bradford, unless Rosen blows their minds or something. I I think you would have to go with Bradford. It's just the smart, it's the smart long term move. I, I I think Bradford should be the pick. I think he will be. I, I don't I don't see Rosen going in there and taking the job away from Bradford immediately.
1: that will be interesting to watch that unfold. I mean, and this is the same guy in Bradford who. He got his way out of Philadelphia after they took Carson Wentz number two overall. He wanted out. He got out and went to Minnesota. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not a guy who, in the same situation, hasn't hasn't really cooperated. I mean, he wanted yeah. he immediately wanted out. He wanted to be the guy.
0: He was really good in Minnesota. He was good when he was on the field. Yeah. He was, so, that's just the, always the concern with him. But, yeah, I, I think Bradford will be the starter. He has the talent to be an the NFL starting quarterback. He's proven that. So, I think... I don't think the Cardinals will have a QB to live on their hands at the beginning of the season. Who knows if Bradford gets, so say Bradford gets hurt like week three or four, plays really well up until that point, Rosen jumps in and plays really well. Also, then they could have an issue when Bradford comes back, uh, making a decision there. But at the beginning. Who's your your top, who's your top fantasy rookie QB? I'd go with Rosen probably just because I, I think Bradford's going to get hurt at some point, so Rosen's going to get in there. As long as he has a few weeks under his belt, um, as a backup, I think he'll be. I think he'll be decent. Just because I think, I think Darnold's going to be. He's going to struggle to get on the field with McCown there. McCown, McCown's pretty solid, and I think it would be to just benefit to not play him immediately. I think Allen will get will get on the field next season. I don't think. Will be particularly good just because I don't, we don't really know how good McCarron is. I think Rosen has the most, I think he will be the most productive rookie quarterback next season.
1: What do you think? I would go Rosen too. I mean, you knock out three guys immediately. Well, you knock out two guys immediately. Lamar Jackson, I don't think is going to see the field ideally. I don't think Josh Allen maybe outside of late season if the Bills are like, Four and nine or something with three games to go. I think that would be the time to plug him in. But you don't want to put him on the field too early and kill his confidence. You want to get him out there when he's ready, and I think he needs the most time along with Jackson. I think Mayfield could be a sleeper. I mean, yeah, he should. I love Tyrod Taylor. I freaking love Tyrod. He was, I love the way he handled being benched uh, against the Chargers last year and just came out on fire and led the team to their first playoff appearance in almost 20 years. But Mayfield is such a competitor, man, it would not surprise me if he wins that job early in the yep. year. I mean, Tyrod, I'd still say is likely to start week one, but I would not be stunned if Mayfield, if Mayfield got 10 starts this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't either. If Tyrod's healthy, I think he'll be the QB they go with, but I, I think Mayfield is a really good fit as far as like personality goes in Cleveland. He seems like out of the QBs there that he would be the most Fired up about change in the culture in Cleveland. You know what I mean. I think he's just he has that grit, he has that kind of attitude that Cleveland probably needs. That would probably gel well with Cleveland. He could maybe he could get on the field for ten games or so. Probably I think it just depends on Tyrod's health and how if Mayfield does really well in training camp and starts impressing, then he's obviously the guy they want to go with for the future. So why not put it, throw him in there? Uh, but I think these teams that pick these quarterbacks should kind of model. How they manage them, kind of like the the Bears did and the uh, Chiefs have done. They didn't start. Neither of them started the QB they drafted last season. Trubisky started. He didn't start the season as the starting QB, and he's done fine. He hasn't been fantastic, but he he, he hasn't been terrible. And Mahomes is now going to be the starter uh, in Kansas City, and we have no idea what he's going to look like. But all signs you know, suggest that he's going to be pretty good. He has that huge arm that Josh Allen does but he kind of has a little bit more rapport, and he's a little more athletic, so I think he'll be pretty good for the Chiefs, who have a lot of weapons on offense.
1: Past the Cardinals at 10, who are some teams you think made the most of their first-round picks? What are some of your favorite first-round picks outside of the top 10?
0: I like the draft that the Packers had. I think you're obviously going to be great on offense with Aaron Rodgers. You picked up Jimmy Graham, Uh, and then you go out and get two really talented corners that both probably could have gone in the first round. One did and Alexander at 18, and they did Josh Jackson in the second round with the 13th pick. He's a guy that a lot of people had going in the first round, so you get two really, really talented corners. And then one of you is St. Brown at Notre Dame. At yeah, receiver. the wide receiver. Yeah, so I he used to be a sleeper as well. So I think the Packers had a really, really good draft. They addressed all the needs that they needed to address, especially on defense where they've struggled in the past years. So now they have two guys at corner that can really build around. That really really the guys. If you the Packers, you be really pleased with how your draft went. I don't know if there's
1: any team who missed the playoffs in the NFC last year who's more likely to rebound. You mentioned they went corner 1-2. They get Muhammad Wilson. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers got knocked out around week 5 with a collarbone injury. They got a good stable of backs with Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones. Ty Montgomery, we'll see what we get out of him. But that, if I had to bet on one team in the NFC, to get back to the playoffs that they're missing last year, I'd probably go Green
0: Bay. Yeah, and that's all going to depend on Rodgers at the end of the day. I mean, regardless of who they pick in this draft, it's good is going to carry that team in his play, in his presence. You know, just not being hurt, it going kind to of help them so much. But, that being said, they, I really did like their picks in this draft. I think the Josh Jackson pick is the most crucial one in this draft, just because they got him at such a good value at that point in the draft. What was the team that uh, you liked when they did in the draft?
1: I like the Patriots draft man that going Isaiah Wynn, That was about where I thought he would go uh, early twenties. The guard from Georgia. who lost Solder. but they think they think Win can play tackle and he can play inside or outside. So they're probably going to try to plug Win in a tackle. I like that pick. I like Sonny Michelle too. I've got to be wary. I don't know if I'd if I'd endorse starting him week one. Maybe the The Patriots kind of change. The role of their running backs week to week. So it's, it's hard to rely on any Patriots back in a given week. You just got to look at the matchup and, and pray that they, they play. I mean, but I don't, I don't love Jeremy Hill anymore. He was a guy who I had as a sleeper. One or two really good years for the Bengals. I'm not as high as I was on him. I think Burkhead and Sonny Michelle both have the opportunity to be top 25 backs. I wouldn't endorse starting Michelle week one, but he's a guy I would love. I'd love to stash him and Burkett on my bench. You just know that the offense is so electrifying that you want to get as many playmakers on that team as you can.
0: Yeah, he's one of those guys that makes you excited about what his role is going to be and what Belichick can do with him. He can, I think he can carve himself out a role in the Patriots. Like you said, Jeremy Hill, he, he probably has some gas left in the tank, but him and Bernard both. It could have just been the Bengals last season. And Bernard both struggled. Um, they were just shell, shells of themselves last season. But... Michelle can. I think of what makes him so good is he's pretty good receiving out of the back, too, as well. And the Patriots have proven that when they have those kind of the backs, they can really be dangerous.
1: One more pick I really like: so the Seahawks taking Rashad Penny. Uh, they're only their second first-round pick that they've actually taken in the last six seasons. They take the running back Rashad Penny. I like. I like him to be an RB two this year. They got Chris Carson and Mike Davis there. Uh Carson has shown some flashes, but I like Rashad Penny as a rookie back to to break the top twenty at the position. I also think getting Shaquem Griffin uh late later in the draft to join his twin brother Shaquille, I think I don't love the Seahawks next year. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Again, their offensive line is atrocious.
0: They're playing in process. one of the
1: best divisions in football, but I like Rashad Penny a bit of a reach, but I, I think he's gonna be a good player for them.
0: Yeah, I think that's a position that's just kind of eluded them ever since, uh, Marshawn Lunch left. They haven't been able to find, they just, they've been just churning their running backs the past two seasons. And I think if they nailed a Rashawn Penny, I think it's worth grabbing him with that first pick in the, uh, well, the, their pick in, the, in round one. I think he has, he can be pretty special if they use him correctly, but I just hope he doesn't join the running back graveyard that's been, that's been growing in Seattle team that has a sleeper on it um, that I, I really liked what they did in this draft was Tampa Bay. I think I was a little shocked when they went back and got Vita Vea. I didn't think that was their initial need, especially like, like we were talking about earlier, Derwin James is still on the board, maybe the most talented player in the secondary. Um, and they I think we both thought they were going to get Fitzpatrick with that seventh pick, and then they traded out to get at 12, but now you add him to McCoy and Jason Pierre-Paul, and you have a really strong defensive line that can get up to the quarterback now in Tampa Bay, and then you add a guy who I could I think could be a sleeper in Ronald Jones. There's there's no he's, it's him and then Jaquizz Rogers, basically, type, so he's, he's going to get a ton of touches and James Winston's a good quarterback, so I think they'll, they'll be able to use him really well so I think Ronald Jones is a guy that can be a sleeper, and then they go out, they d- finally address the secondary in the late second round, getting both M.J. Stewart and Carlton Davis out of North Carolina and Auburn, mm. two guys that have both associated um, with Carlton Davis. He played 38 out of, the, out of 40 possible games while he was at Auburn, so he's seasoned. He, he, has, he spent a lot of time in college uh, working on this game, and then M.J. Stewart out of North Carolina, who's they spent three years in North Carolina as well, so they are two guys they, they can use immediately. Secondary, so those first four picks I thought were really, really good. For the uh Bay Bucks, who needed to have a, a good draft? To be honest, because they were so bad last year.
1: Definitely an underrated draft for the Bucks, and they got two undersized corners who were pretty ineffective: Brent Grimes and Vernon Hargreaves. Their their first round pick from a few years ago, Hargreaves, both five foot ten. They get Carlton Davis, a big corner, six one. 205. They need a guy like that to match to match up with you know Julio Jones, Michael Thomas in the division. They need a big corner. I think going cornerback back to back
0: late second round was,
1: was a wise move for the Bucks.
0: And then one last thing that I kind of like that they did. I don't. It, I don't know how, many, how much fantasy implications it has, but I thought the Tennessee Titans had a pretty decent, decent draft. But they get two really really good uh, linebackers, Rashawn Evans and Harold uh, Landry, and I. Um, Harold
1: Landry, what a pick! Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that's in the second round too. So to get a seasoned guy from Alabama, you always like picking Alabama players in the draft. They give Rashawn Evans and Harold Landry that that, um, that defense. So I think I think the defense could be much better this season in Tennessee. Definitely, Harold Landry led the NCAA in sacks in 2016.
1: Took a little bit of a step back last year, but he is a first round talent. Big time draft for the Titans. But I like the Titans. I think they did a good job, man. I think I think Harold Landry is my favorite pick. I'm with you, man. That's a good. That's a good draft for the Titans. Yes,
0: yeah. and then one last, not really a sleeper, but Calvin Ridley falling all the way to the Falcons. He's kind of kind of excited
1: about what they're going to be able to do with him. I love the Falcons draft too, man. I mean, I was surprised. I thought they were going to go uh, Taven Bryan, mm-hmm. the D tackle out of Florida, who he's kind of a guy like Josh Allen, who didn't have tremendous production. Uh, his stat line doesn't really jump off the page, but he's a guy that I think his skills will really translate. They passed on him. They went Calvin Ridley. I mean, that's an electrifying offense. There's a lot of mouths to feed. But three, well, at least two really good receivers. We'll see what we get out of anew.
0: Yeah, I think Ridley could be a wide receiver, too, on this offense. I think that's, I, don't, I think wide receiver one's definitely pushing it. I don't think he'll do that, but. He could be a really solid flex wide receiver too in those fantasy leagues. I
1: think I also oh, like them going DeAndre Sanat, a guy out of South Florida, absolutely vicious against the run, one of the most efficient run defenders. He also was decent in pass rush. He racked up six sacks last year, so that I think they felt comfortable passing on Taven Bryan, knowing that a guy like DeAndre Sanat would be available later in the, later in the draft. They get him in the third round. Uh, they definitely needed help with uh, Dontari Poe and Adrian Claiborne both both leaving this offseason. So that was a sweeper pick. Falcons go. DeAndre not third round, undervalued player.
0: For sure, yeah. That's pretty. You have to be happy with the Falcons. If you're a Falcons fan of what they did in this draft. You got any other sweepers? I don't think so. No, I think I've covered on the bases. And you got any more?
1: That's all I got, man. I think we can wrap it up here. All right, man. Well, thank you for joining the podcast. Next week, we will have a... Ten rounds mock draft. We'll get get Dwight on the line, and we'll uh, we'll pick first ten rounds of a twelve
0: team PPR draft. Sounds good. Should be fun. All right, boss. Thanks for coming, in.